I don't have cookie cutter solutions. What I create for you is not what I create for the next guy. The script that I create for you is not a script that I'm gonna use for the next guy. What is up, everybody? Back with a brand new episode of the podcast of Determined Society. I'm super excited today because uh, every so often I am blessed with the opportunity to interview one of my good friends that is absolutely doing amazing shit out there. Not just saying he's doing amazing shit or she's doing amazing shit, but truly providing value to the people in his community and giving overall amazing quality work to people like myself in the industry and to many, many more people. The amount of value this guy cranks out on Instagram, the value he cranks out on YouTube is second to none, leads with his heart. I love him. We call him the sales video Jedi. Welcome to the show, Lefty. How you doing, buddy? Good, man. Thanks for having me. I really, uh, really appreciate being here. Dude, hell yeah, man. I'm, I'm excited we get this uninterrupted time to actually just rap with each other. Like we... We go back and forth all the time and we've had some calls before, but it's super cool to be able to take the time um, out of both of our schedules and, and do this amazing show and collaborate with each other and provide some amazing value. Yeah. Uncut, uncensored, right on. Instead of the voice notes, we leave each other on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's usually it's all uncensored with me, right? Whether it's a voice note or a fucking podcast. Right. See, it's already started, right? <laughs> um, it's funny you mentioned that because you know, we were talking a little bit off air um, for those that are listening. We're My boy and I were talking off air that the last two videos I put out there on Instagram is more of who I am. And to a point where it was very like, the, the hook was like, hey, fucker. <laughs> like, and and it's really good. It's, it's to me, it's really good content. But, um, you know, I, I am an uncensored guy um, to his point, and And he is as well. I just, I love the fact that you know, the, the, the right people are going to gravitate to my energy and to understand like, Hey, when Sean's saying, Hey fucker, he's not being an asshole. He's like saying like, Hey, sweetheart, what's up? <laughs> yeah. It's friendly, right? Like I, I, I kind of grew up in that atmosphere with that kind of knowledge with like friends and whatnot. So it's like yeah. when, when I actually like discovered your Instagram page like months back, I was just like, I need to know this guy and be like friends with this guy and like, look at where we are right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's nuts, man. And that's the power of social media, man. And I think, you know, to your point, it's like, you know, I provide a certain value to you. You provide a certain value to me. That's the initial relationship, right? Yeah. It's like, Oh wow. Like I can use to have this person in my life in some way, shape or form to be friends with. And then you obviously like, you know, that relationship grows a little bit and it's just like, you know, here we are on a podcast, you know, months later and to where when we first met, that wasn't even really, we weren't talking about it. No. And, but it's, it, it's really cool because, you know, I say this all the time and, and I say it all the time because not enough people hear it the first time. And I always hope and pray that they can really figure the fuck out. The hundredth time I say it is social media is not a dark wormhole. It is, there's a lot of love and light in social media, depending on who you choose to let into your community and into your energy. And I'm always happy when I see you comment, like, or, you know, I get a message from you. It's never a, 
oh boy, what the fuck's this guy want? It's always like, hell yeah, dude, it's my boy. So with that said, I have really good friends that I've never, ever met in person. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I think mm-hmm. I can put myself in that same boat too. Right. Like totally. Like there's so many people that we can just meet like, dude, you can meet like a hundred people in an, in an entire day. And it's mm-hmm. like, you'll probably never meet them in your life, like physically. And I find that like amazing and just like crazy all at the same time. I love it. I love it. Well, we've warmed the audience up with enough foreplay. So let's, <laughs> let's, let's get them in bed right now. The, the, the greatest thing about um, people's skills, it's like it's an entryway into their heart and their creativity. And you use video to help salespeople and coaches get yeah. more out of their business. For those that are listening that don't know what you do and how you do it, why don't you give us a quick, you know, one or two minute um, uh, synopsis of who you are and what you do? Right. So, you know, as you covered earlier, uh, my nickname is the Sales Video Jedi, and I produce top of funnel video assets that pretty much work on autopilot and help coaches and online experts sell more in their businesses so they can either, you know, spend more time with family or just maybe people want to buy another house, another car, another mm. fuck, another plane, who knows it. Right. But essentially the type of videos that I create for them are promotional advertisements in which they can run on autopilot and the videos essentially do the heavy lifting for them because of how we film it, how we script it, how we direct it. It's an entire process, but everybody so far that I've worked with has loved that process. Everybody is, everybody's needs are unique. So uh, a question that I get asked all the time too is, well, can I see your previous work? And I love this question so much because it's like, Sean, you have a completely different personality. And I work with, you know, other coaches that are a little bit more timid. What's it to you? to show you a video that I did for a timid guy when mm. you're outrageous and out of the box. You know what I mean? You're yeah. going to, you're going to literally turn around you're going to watch the video. You're going to be like, sure lefty. That was great. Um, but I don't think you can capture the essence of what I want. So mm-hmm. I always try and steer people away from looking at the portfolio because I don't have cookie cutter solutions What I create for you is not what I create for the next guy. The script that I create for you is not a script that I'm going to use for the next guy. Sure, maybe some small things here and there can kind of, you know, uh, be used in, in, in different, I guess, areas. But at the end of the day, everything is tailor made, custom made, as if you're going to get like that fine ass Italian suit. Mm -hmm. Right. No, I love it. It's funny because. We ran into that. Like those yes. that are listening, I think I think he's fucking kicking me in the nuts on my own show right now, guys. Because he, <laughs> because I literally asked him. I said, "Hey man, can I see a body of work?" Right. I didn't know him very well, and I wanted to see the body of work. It wasn't because I was testing him. I was just very very curious. But to his point, to his very point, I said, "Bro, like that's way too low energy for me." Now again, you know, um, I'm a little more mature than a lot of other individuals to know that like, hey, my energy is gonna be brought to this fucking thing and we're gonna create something eventually that is going to speak to my brand because I will work with you in that capacity, Yeah. right? Um, 
But the bottom line is, is a lot of people can look at that and be like, hey, well, you know, that was like, that dude was super timid. Like, I don't know if this is going to work with me. And so I love that you, I love that you address that, right? Because again, uh, people are curious, but at the same time, you know, you can only be as creative and go as far as the personality that the person possesses will allow you to, right? Um, and we're specifically talking about a video sales letter, a VSL. Can you explain what a VSL is to the individuals that are listening right now and that are as dumb as shit as me? Because I didn't even understand what it was. All right. So uh, back in, I guess, the 80s, 90s, probably even the 70s, uh, you you would want to get into writing a sales letter or like a um, or, or a cover letter, let's say, for example, as to like why you're the best and why you want that job, for example. But now flip that script, do it in a video and now tell the prospect kind of why they need you versus kind of like why you need them plus you, plus you need them and whatnot, right? So what, what it is essentially is it it's a video that builds no like and trust right away. It works around the clock, like I mentioned on autopilot, because it never sleeps, never gets sick, never asks for vacation days. It gets your sales scripts ready 100% of the time because you've recorded it once and you say it the best take on that video. And your prospects should be 90% closed before they even get on a call with you. So when they do get on that call with you, there's only two questions to be asked. And that is when can we start and how much? Absolutely, man. And I think that, you know, when you talk about these types of um, VSLs, like, you know, as a sales professional in corporate America, and then obviously having my own coaching business is when someone gets to you, you want them to understand enough about what you do and how you're going to do it, right? Yeah. Understand who you are as a brand and as a business. And then that way, it's just like, okay, I want to work with this guy. When can we start? And how much is it? How much is the investment, right? Because everybody's going to want to know the investment associated with working with somebody like me or working with somebody like you. Yeah. Um, let me ask you this, man. Like you, you have a really cool story that you've been very open about putting out on YouTube. I think it was your very first video you put out there. Um, talk to the audience a little bit about how you got into video and what it means to you on an emotional level. Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah, great question, man. Um, I'm, I'm going to try and like give them the condensed version because it is, it is quite a story. Um, but I was, I was born into a family of entrepreneurs who dominated broadcast media for 40 plus years in uh, radio and television. Um, so, you know, I was around like, you know, TV, film, radio, uh, advertising and all that pretty much my entire life. Uh, so I was never really afraid of being in front of the camera, being the center of attention. Um, and, and I guess that kind of what led me to like, you know, also being the class clown essentially at school, but in my, I can see that. Yeah. <laughs> but as I was, um, as I got older and as I started getting into like my teenage years, uh, I really fell in love with music and um, I always had like 
I always had like an appreciation for music, but I mean, like what, like five to 10 year old really knows about music. Right. So it really happened when I was like, you know, 14, 15 and and there could be listeners that you have that are going to understand the lingo that I'm about to use. Um, And there's probably listeners that are going to be like, what the fuck is he talking about? Um, But I actually have my love for music came when I was able to start pirating music on Napster. Oh, yes, Napster. Remember that? I do remember that, man. Yeah, so I was so so I was heavy into Napster and I was and, and and that's how I actually like got into like techno and like all the house music and I was finding all this like underground shit that you could not buy at a record store, or you could not find anywhere like on whatever internet we had at the time. Right. And I don't know, just something came over me at that point and I was like, yo, I need to learn how to like manipulate this, remix it, play it. I need I need to know it all. So lo and behold, I actually got into DJing and it's funny because it has nothing to do with, with what I do now, but it does tie in. So DJing comes, I learn how to DJ. I get my first like club gig when I was like 16 years old. I'm playing for like a thousand people, which is nuts. That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah. Crazy, crazy party. You know, they put me in the, in, in the room associated to the music that I'm performing, uh, you know, and as the years go by, I progress, you know, as I get older, all of a sudden a thousand person club gig turn into like three to 5,000 person club gigs. Then it turns into me, uh, you know, performing at the winter music conference in Miami, like almost 10 years ago, which leads me to playing like, 50,000 person music festivals in Europe and like beach parties in Greece. And I just like became this like, not massive name, but I was like a nice household name, if that makes sense. Right. Like, like I wasn't no like Afro Jack, but people, people knew me if, if the name came around. So as popularities sprung, there's things that have to be put in motion, things that have to be put in place, right? So one of them being is a press kit. So you need photos of your live performances. You need headshots. You need um, videos. And I always found a way to like be interesting with my videos, right? I was like one of those guys where people were like putting out like the polished shit. And I was like, yo, I want to film me in the studio, like producing a track, like, I, I want people to see the, 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 the stuff that they're not going to normally see. And all this started happening like in and around like the first days of like Instagram, which we're talking now, what, maybe 15, 20 years ago. Yeah. It's been some time for sure. Yeah. So, so I'm progressing throughout this entire process, getting a bunch of content out and, and, you know, growing up in high school and, and even elementary school, I was never like the popular kid, right? I was always kind of like the floater. Like I had crews of people to hang out with, but I was never like with the jocks or I was never with this person or that person. I was kind of like the fat nerdy kid essentially, right? So mm-hmm. uh, that that did kind of play a, like it played a role in my self-esteem at the time. And I think that's what kind of gravitated me towards DJing too is because I wanted I wanted to be the cool kid, right? 
I wanted to uh, create this, this character, this persona that never actually existed in me, but I could bring it to life. Right. Mm. And, and the moment, and when I was hiring photographers and videographers, I actually ended up, um, I, I don't know, they ended up capturing this, this character that I created so well. And I was like, and I remember saying to my photographer, I was like, yo, do I actually look like that? And they're like, yeah, man, like, it's just some editing, but like, that's, that's you. And yeah. I was like, holy fuck, like, I look cool as shit, right? <laughs> and, and it was like, I was like 25 at the time or 24 at the time. And it was like, the it, it was literally the first time that I was, I could say that I, I'm like my most confident. Like, I kind of, I kind of know who I am now. You know what I'm saying? And in and around 30 years old, so six years later, I ended up meeting my girlfriend, who's my wife at the time. I want to spend a little bit more time at home with this new relationship that I'm building. I can't be, you know, gallivanting at clubs, coming home at like 10 o'clock in the morning, because believe me, I, I have played sets from like 2 a.m. to 11 a.m. before. And dude, they suck. But <laughs> but I mean, I uh, I said, OK, how can I how can I turn one creative into another creative because I have to be creative. There's no way in hell I'm just going to like leave DJing. I'm going to get some fucking boring desk job and, and that's it. It's done and over with. So at the time, my wife and I were, you know, getting engaged, we're getting married and we have to hire videographers, photographers and all that. And I was like, Oh, I go, yeah, maybe I can, maybe I can get into like photography and videography. Right. I was like, oh, maybe, maybe, maybe this could be an outlet for me. So I ended up asking my mom for a wedding gift, which she was super nice of and ended up buying my first camera for me. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I mean, God bless her heart because like she she spent a pretty penny. Um, and I still use it till this day because it, it's it's a fucking banger. Like it hasn't, like it's still kept up with even all the new technology that's out oh. right now. And for any videographer, like even considering or coach or, or course creator, anybody out there that's looking for a camera, guys, you got to buy Sony because like Sony is all about less is more and they keep up, they bang. All right. Um, and how I fell into the niche of working with coaches and online course creators and, and other online experts and, and whatnot is the fact that there was this gap where not enough people were really getting themselves out there. And I just really wanted them to feel how I felt when I first got my photos and videos back to have that wow moment to be like, here, Sean, here's your video. And you go, Holy fuck. Is that really me? And I go, yeah, bro, that's really you. That Dude, that's such a cool fucking story. Thank you. But the, that the moment was like, that, that that moment of how I felt is how I want others to feel when I give them their stuff back. You know what I loved about this whole story, and I want the audience to really pay attention, is yes, I love the journey of you being a household, a relatively household name and in the, in the DJ, um, you know, profession and playing in front of 50,000 people crowds. But dude, there was two points in that whole fucking story that for me hit home. Okay. okay? And, and I want to share them with you. And, sure. then, and it's, 
and, and they're going to be a direct correlation of why I chose to be friends with you. Okay. You were doing something that you loved and you met your girlfriend, which is now your wife. And you realize that you valued the relationship more than being out from two in the morning to 11 a.m. And you knew it couldn't withstand, you know, in a, in a healthy relationship, right? It could, you know, cause probably insecurities, toxicity, et cetera. And you chose to find another way to bring your creativity in and give it back to other people. And by doing that, so for one, that's it, outwardly focused. You're focused on other people and you give a fuck, Yeah. All right? You understand the value of a relationship. The other thing was um, that hit me very, very hard just now was uh, you wanted people to feel how you felt when someone created something for you. Like, holy shit, is that me, right? It Nothing in that story was about you. It was about your wife and it was about how you can bless somebody else with your skills. Have you always been that way? Uh, yeah, uh, I have. It's, uh, it, it, it really sometimes get to a point where, you know, my old school European mother is always with, with the old school mentality. Don't tell people your secrets because someone's going to take your work from you and whatnot. So it's like, yeah. um, I've always, uh, I've always been like that. I've always put people first. I've always, um, it, wh whether it shot me in the foot, uh, and, and believe me, it has, uh, you know, providing sometimes too much information when, uh, mm -hmm. when they can, you know, officially just rule me out of the equation and not need me anymore. Uh, you know, that's, that's the kind of guy that I've always, I've always been right. I've always, I've always helped others. I've always given more information than maybe sometimes I should, but at the end of the day, it's like, for me, it, it, it's, it, it's, if you're making something and you're happy and, you know, all the power to you and, and at the same time too, it's like, if you want to just be that person who steals all my ideas and secrets and whatnot. And I mean, realistically, I air quote secrets because what, what, what is really a secret? You know what I mean? But, uh, but I guess the whole point I'm saying is that if you're going to be that person, it's like, I probably don't want to work with you anyways. Right. Like the, the people that I have worked with are those who I've given the same amount of information to, and now they're just like, where do I write you a check, man? Where do I drop the credit cards? You know? So, um, yeah. don't be afraid of the secrets. Don't, don't be afraid of giving people things because, uh, you know, there will be people that are going to take your shit and run. And there's going to be, be people that are going to say, I, I need more. And that's, and that's where I keep my mentality. I, that's where I keep my, my positivity and my spirits is, is looking for the people that I give everything to and they're going to just want more. God damn it, man. I love you so much. Oh, like, I'm still so just smiling inside. Like, <laughs> it, you know, I can relate to this. The amount of shit that I do for free would is would be laughable for a lot of other people. But I truly believe I got into this business to actually help people, right? Yeah. And a lot of times I'm doing things that people pay a lot of money for. Yeah. You know, to to help somebody that truly does not have the resources, like, like not even close, like, like I couldn't even take a dime from him or I'd feel like I'm taking advantage. Mm -hmm. Right. 
Here's the one thing that I want to touch on because it, it came up very, very naturally is when you are acting in such an outwardly focused way like you are, it is a very genuine type of a personality. People can take advantage of you, right? Just as you mentioned, and, and I have been taken advantage of a lot and I've seen it a lot in this space, right? This yeah. online space. Um, what are some of the, I guess, times of adversities or, or downward slopes that you've experienced in this business because of people taking advantage of you? And how did you rise above that adversity? Because I think this is an important question, right? Because a lot of people can feel that adversity and not come out of it. And they'll just, they'll cut bait and say, fuck this shit and give up on their true assignment in life. And I know that's not what you do. Yeah, um, I honestly don't think it's 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 a great question, but I think it's also a tough one for me to answer. And I'll mm -hmm. give some context behind too. Um, you know, I go to like I mean, not anymore. My God, I haven't probably I have haven't stepped foot into like a bar or a club or a lounge in probably six years. But uh, uh, the times that we do, and and I'm just having normal conversation. You know, my my wife would always point out. Like, hey, you know that girl's hitting on you, or hey, you know that girl's flirting with you, and I'm like, she is. I'm like, I'm just having a normal conversation. Like, I'm I'm sometimes oblivious to things happening around me, so I feel like because you know, and it, it's a blessing and a curse, but I feel like sometimes my oblivious nature doesn't allow me to fall. Right, I just do things without knowing something bad is happening. And then it's just like, oh, okay, whatever. Like that person just didn't want to work with me after. So it's on to the next. And the whole on to the next concept comes from when, you know, being in the entertainment industry, it's like, it's gig after gig after gig. Like I remember there were, I remember when I was like, when I was super hot, you know, it was Thursday to Sunday. I wouldn't stop. Right. So I also generate my leads and prospects that way when i'm talking to people it's not that okay if you don't want my services that's it you're cut i don't want to talk to you anymore mm -hmm. but the moment i hear no and there's no way of you know saying okay well how can we work together it's just a flat out no the events industry has helped me have thick skin where i have the on to the next mentality very good very good. You know, I can too be very, very oblivious to, to things that are happening around me as it pertains to people taking advantage of me. Now, let me be very clear though. Of course they're hitting on you. You're fucking majestic. It's an inside joke and I'm just going to air myself out. I was typing him an email the other day and like an actual email, electronic mail. We do that too. Yes. And I, I kept getting the error button on the fucking the spelling of of majestic and it's spelled with a J and I was spelling it with a G cause I'm a fucking idiot at times. I'm like, whatever, I'm just going to send it. And this asshole spell corrects me in the middle of an email. I'm like, well, I like mine better. Yeah. There's <laughs> a little bit of a, a, oh, little, a little bit of a grammar Nazi over here. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's funny dude, because like, it was just one of those things where I was in the middle of like a thousand different things. I'm like, why is this not, why is this tell me it's the wrong spelling? Fuck. Fuck you, iPhone. It's not it's not yeah. wrong. You're wrong. And I sent it anyway. But going back to that right. actual point of being oblivious, like when you're a good person, and I want everybody 
that is listening to this right now to understand that when you are a good person, you do not understand bad intentions because you don't have bad intentions. So a lot of times our alarms don't go off, right? But yet your wife and my wife can sit be like, hey, Sean, you know, he left you. That dude or that girl, they're taking advantage of you. They, they are, they are not really there for you. And it's so funny because I've been referencing my wife a lot in my podcast lately. Cause I think it's like the um, epiphany that fuck, she's right. Right. Yep. Like, so she can literally <laughs> look at the, right. And like literally um, watch someone's video or hear their voice. Like, oh, I, don't, I don't get, I don't, I'm not reading good energy out of this person. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. And then three months later, that person burns me and she's like, fucking told you, you don't want to listen to me. I'm yeah. like, but dude, like, how would you know? Like, you don't know this person. So like, we don't have, you and I don't have that alarm, right? No. And yeah. it's, but we need to acquire it, right? Or just listen to our wives, have our wives on retainer. Like, all right, babe, sit right next to me. Like, <laughs> is this person, is this person a good person or not? Should I do business with this person? Yeah. Um, but I think that's important, you know, and it, and it really brings, you know, good light to, you know, surround yourself and address this, surround yourself with good people. It could be your wife, could be your husband, you know, your mother, your, your sister, your daughter. It doesn't matter who it is, but for those good hearted people out there that don't know when they're being taken advantage of, you really need to have those people around you. And it's just, I'm chuckling because, you know, we were talking, you know, um, uh, you know, before we hit record and, we were talking about the, the DMs and how disgusting they are and how you have oh, so man. many people just, especially, you know, in your field, like in your field specifically for video, that just, hey, man, what's up? Love your content. Fucking amazing, man. But listen, I could do Alex Hermosi type, type, you know, subtitles to get more reach. Like, it's happening all the time. And what these people don't realize one, okay, that person doesn't know Alex Hermosi. Okay. Um, anybody working with Alex wouldn't be fucking DMing you. Okay. Yeah. Asking you for business, but like, talk to me a little bit about that in the video industry, because you know, I, we all do some type of outbound reach. I'm not going to say we don't, but like some people come with some slimy ass shit, dude. Why do you think that is? Um, I think it's just, I think it's just not being educated. I think it's just not having a, a understanding of how to really put together a cold message. Um, now for starters, people that are receiving cold messages, because I get them all the time, like I have to ask for, and I'm sure there could be listeners out there that, you know, have, uh, are, are, you know, guilty of this, but like if somebody cold outreaches to you, you don't have to be an asshole, right? Like somebody, somebody is just trying to make a buck the same way yep. that you are. And, you know, you just happen to do it better than they do. But number one, don't be an asshole. You know, uh, at the end of the day, you kind of have to ask yourself, like, is your life that fucking miserable that you have to like really belittle someone for sending you a DM? Like, come on, get over yeah. yourself. Um, truthfully, I have more respect for those who give me the pitch right away, right? Because, yeah. 
you're disingenuine, man. Like it, I, I know that you want to sell me something. So stop tooting my fucking horn. Stop telling me how good my videos are. Stop telling me how incredible it would be to work with me and what you can and, and this and that. I don't need it. I have friends. I don't want to be your friend. Okay. And the and, and, and that's another thing too. There's a difference between friendship and there's a difference between business relationships. Mm-hmm. Right? I have friends. I don't need any more friends. I would like business relationships. So if mm-hmm. you just came out and said, hey, man, I edit videos. Um, I think I can edit something in your style. Would you be interested in that? Instead of turning around and going, fuck you. You don't know what you're talking about. And this is how you outreach to people, you dumb idiot, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. How, how people like to do. Just say, hey, man, no thanks. But maybe if you stay in touch with me, uh, I could probably push you in the direction that somebody would need your services. It's I love that. That yeah. simple. That. Yeah. That simple. You know, I get, yeah, I, w- I clicked on my, my request box this morning. I make it a habit to always click on my, on my request box every single day. Yeah. And, you know, I had probably 20 of them and sure. most of them were like, Hey, Hey, sexy. Hey, <laughs> that's deleted. I'm not even going to, I already know what that is. Okay. And I was like, hey, I can grow your account by 10000 for only 100 bucks." Yeah, those like, are true. I'm not, I'm not even interested in or available to even having that conversation, right, um, with how they started it out. Right? Yeah. And this is just kind of like um, something I deal with constantly. But, I mean, you know, a lot of people, like, I don't like when they lie. I will push back when they lie. But if they just said, hey, Sean, um, really like your content. Um, I'm looking for new business partners. I'm just starting my business out. I would love to have the opportunity to create maybe five videos for you. No cost to see if it's something you'd be interested in to possibly work together on a partnership. Hey, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, let's chat, set up a zoom. Like, I think there's a way to do it, right? There's a way and it's, and it's, and it's quite honestly, just by asking questions, right? It's, when you go into insulting people like, hey, how's business? Like, dude, just ask what you want. Like, just, just ask. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, you know, like, dude, you don't know these people. You don't know them well enough to, hey, how's sales? Like, what, what, like, what right do you have to ask that, right? Or, you know, but, but again, to your point, you don't have to come back and be a dick. Yeah. Right? I know people that, that just embarrass these people on, 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 um, you know, DMs. And I just, I don't think that's cool, man. You know, no, it's definitely not necessary. It's like, look, you know, they're out trying to do, now I will, you know, I'll tell you who I will bury is those motherfuckers out there making fake pages of me. You know, let's talk about yes. this shit real quick. Oh. Because I don't know, dude, how many fake Sean Frenches have hit you up in the last four or five months? Uh, I think, I think it's just been the one. I feel like I've seen two. Oh, you're lucky. I think there might have been two, but I've only seen the one. Uh, but one came out of me too, right? Uh, you know, which was which is interesting. And then somebody ended up making a joke about it and saying like, well, you know, you've made it when, <laughs> right? But, yeah, uh, but at the end of the day, it's like, you know, if I feel bad, I truly feel bad and I feel sorry for the people that, fall for that that Mm -hmm. fall for those Mm -hmm. pages 
like if I like I I guess here are some things to look out for, right? Let's say you don't know who I am. Let's say you've never seen my page, you've never seen my videos. If my videos look that good, do you honestly think I only have zero to three videos? Right? And and I might not have all the followers in the world, but is it not safe to say that I probably have more than like, you know, more than 50 to 100, <laughs> right? So but here's the crazy thing though. Like, let me interject real quick. These fuckers are getting creative. Oh, like, they are. They are. Bro, like they, I had one. And, and by the way, the real number is 20. There have been 20 fake pages. Wow. Made of me, right. And one day, I mean, one week was exhausting. There was like eight of them in one week. No and way. I was just like, oh my God, this is overwhelming. But here's the thing that they're doing. They're taking like 80 of my posts and they will do it in succession. So it looks just like my page. Yes. Right. And then they will go buy like 30,000 followers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It, yeah. It looks real. But dude, I'll, I'll, I'll hammer them. I, cause sometimes they mess around and follow my, they don't block my determined society. <laughs> my, uh, my, um, podcast page. Yes. And I'll FaceTime them from that bitch. Like, and <laughs> I'll just freaking hose them. And I'm just like, you motherfucker. And you know what it usually is? It's usually someone in a third world country, dude. Like they're in dirt. Yeah, they they're don't in are. dirt playing in dirt. Like, dude, like, what the fuck? Like, like it, it's not like a person. It's not like people like just us. It's like people that you wouldn't even think would have the resources to do what they're doing, and they're doing it. Yeah, and it is almost impressive. But no, it pisses me off. Yeah, it's it's. I mean, it, it, it's the it, it's the feeling of like wanting to be seen and heard that's mm -hmm. that, that's what it is it's the feeling of wanting to be seen and heard and unfortunately for those individuals they they're probably never going to be seen and heard the way that they want to yeah. and they have to take someone with that spotlight it's interesting man but that's your point. Yeah, I'm addicted to those people. I don't give a shit. Fuck sure. I'm, sure. I'm not going to be nice to them. No, definitely um, not. Dude, it's been such an amazing conversation. I want to, you know, start landing the plane as we get close to minute 39. Um, and, you know, I don't want these listeners to jump off because their attention span of a gnat. But, you know, <laughs> this is the Determined Society podcast, man. And, you know, one of the questions I'm really enjoying asking lately is, you know, with that, what makes you a part of a determined society and why? Oh, great question. Um, I think that's just because I, I, I think it's simply because I create bigger, badder videos and I'm always looking to push boundaries and you yourself also are a boundary pusher. And I think these are the traits that you see me in yourself. And then that's what, I guess aligns us to both be pushing those boundaries together and kind of creating everlasting, you know, success in regards to whatever success looks to ourselves. I love it. That's a good answer. No one's ever answered it like that before. I'll, you know, and, and when I look at you, you know, cause I always like to give my feedback. I'm not saying you're wrong. That's your definition. That's your definition. I love it. 
boundary pushing, right? For me is your, your, your ability to be innovative. Okay. Your ability to be innovative and to recreate um, a different career just because you decide you need to. There's a lot of individuals out there that won't be able to take what they've done in DJing and bring it into a successful video business like you have. It is, it is a skill. It is determination. It is grit and, and innovative. Like that to me is when I look at you and I think, okay, that's what makes Lefty a part of the Determined Society. And I have been blessed to have you on my show and to share your story with the audience, with, with in my opinion, the best audience on the globe. Yeah. Um, it's growing and this, this show is trending and it's exploding. And dude, I am here for this shit. Absolutely. I love it, man. I love the amazing feedback we've been getting with all of my guests. And this is going to be no different. You know, I just appreciate you so much, man. And, uh, you know, with that, a um, couple more questions before we, you know, yeah. land the plane here. How can my audience best support you? Ah, best support me. Well, I mean, the two, the two that come to mind is, you know, follow me on Instagram. You know, be be engaging. Follow me. Subscribe to my YouTube channel. Uh, again, be engaging. Be a part of that community. Um, I'm I'm super community driven, um, especially with YouTube. Maybe not so much with Instagram because Instagram I keep a little bit more fabricated. But mm -hmm. my YouTube channel is one big fucking AMA, dude. Like there there are people that hit me up all the time. Hey, I need question a question answered on this video topic. Boom. Next week, I literally make a video about that. Like I address my audience's questions on on YouTube and I will make videos about it, right? I'm not I, I don't I don't let questions go like fall on deaf ears. I mean, okay, mind you, if I have like a uh, a schedule or if I have something in mind that I need to get to. Sure, maybe your question might not get answered right away in a video, but I'm 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 always I always try my best to like involve my audience in what it is that they're doing, where it's almost like, yes, I'm creating those videos, but you're creating them with me. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really good point, man. There's a you know, there's a lot of individuals out there that don't even acknowledge their audience, right? It's almost they're entitled to it, right? And when you, you know, come out there and, and make content based on one of your um, community members questions, man, that there's, there's a big win in that for that, for that person. They feel heard, right? They feel like yeah. their voice is being spoken on a larger YouTube channel or, you know, some from somebody of your, of your stature in, in, in your business. So I love that, dude. I love that. That is great. Yeah. Um, oh, I was just going to say, like, I mean, I mean, let, I'll, I'll give an example if we have if we have time for it. Like, yeah, of course. There was um, so I remember playing in Miami because this is what you got to understand, right? Like, when you're creating content, you're not creating content for you. You're creating content for somebody else, right? Mm -hmm. So, but but a lot of people have the the misunderstanding of what that means. So I so let's rewind. You know, ten fifteen years ago, I'm in Miami. I'm DJing. I have a dance floor full of people and what ended up happening was I started playing music that 
I wanted to play. And I did, and I disregarded my dance floor because the way I looked at it was, well, you're there for me. And because Mm. you're there for me, I'm going to perform what I want to perform. Now, that is completely wrong. Not even halfway through my set. I think it was like within the first 15 minutes of my set, I ended up going into this one track, which I'm a very big Afro house kind of guy. I love my drums. I love my percussions. I love, you know, my, my, my snares, my bongos and all that. And I play this one track in the corner of my eye. I see a group of girls at the bar and the asses are slowly starting to shake. I see a little bit of hip movement. Right. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I go, okay, um, I, I need to play on this. Right. So I continued that rhythm. I continued that set. Those girls now brought another 30, 40 girls to the floor. Once I started playing for the women, guess what happened? The men started to flock. And that's how I realized at, again, like the age of like 23, 24, that no matter what you do, it's not about you. It's about them. That's a great point and a mic drop, my friend. I absolutely love it, guys. You heard it here first, and you heard it best from my boy Lefty, who is a video sales Jedi. And listen, if you are going through your some going through something in your life right now, you want to take the next step. You want to be more, do more in your life. Make the fucking call, guys. Don't sit there and wait because there's never going to be a perfect time. Execute. Make the call. With that being said, guys, I love you very much, and I'll see you soon.